Welcome into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single day. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Coming up on today's show, we'll continue along with our conference preview, taking a big picture look at all of these teams at once. We've been doing individual team previews here on the show, but during these two days, across the Locked On Network, all of our college conference programs are going to be going into each individual school and getting a quick hit on what you need to know for each team. So if you've been listening into our school previews and have been attentively in tuned with everything we've been up to and need don't want to have to go over things again, maybe check out one of the other conference shows here during these next couple of days after you're done listening here. Get to know a little bit more about the rest of college football. If you haven't been listening as closely to our team previews, maybe only the teams that you're really interested in, now is a good chance for you to really get to know a little bit about what's going on all around the Big Ten. We're going to get to the other half of our conference here today. If you haven't heard the first half, go back to listen to yesterday's show. Before we get to anything here today, though, our show today is brought to you in part by our Locked On NFL Preview. The NFL season is about to begin, and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th, that's Monday through September 8th, Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team and every decision with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason LaConfora. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on our Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Again, it begins on Monday. All right, we've got a whole lot to get to, so I'm going to get right into it. A whole lot of teams to tell you about today. You will notice, though, that we do run a little bit short. There's a couple of teams you aren't going to hear from yet just because of time and things we have to restrict here. Rutgers and Purdue don't have their time in the spotlight yet. We're going to include their previews in the bonus episode I'll post tomorrow. Of course, Big Ten football starts tomorrow. Nebraska plays Illinois, and we weren't going to end the week without fully previewing that game. So be sure to tune back in or Get back to whatever app you listen to your podcasts. Tomorrow morning, we will have a bonus episode for you. I'm going to see maybe if any of our friends around the network want to come on and join us to talk about it. But we'll get a preview of that game as well as hit the two teams that we won't get to here in our program today. But let's get to the teams that we do have to talk about today. Starting off with the conference favorites. We went through most of the teams over on the west side yesterday. Now let's get into the eastern side of things. And of course, you can't talk about it without talking about the Ohio State Buckeyes. So we'll start there. Our Jay Stevens is on to talk to us about what the Buckeyes have to do to stay on top of the Big Ten this season. We'll throw it to Jay here and get our Buckeyes preview. Oh, there's excitement in the air. The college football season is almost here, and college football fans everywhere are excited for what their team might do during the season. However, however, there is one team, one team, the Ohio State Buckeyes, that has talent, a lot of talent, at numerous positions that is trying to capitalize on the talent that is compiled with this team to hold up and lift up the national championship trophy at the end of the season. That cannot happen if the new kid on the block does not play up to the standard that is set for him. The new kid on the block, C.J. Stroud, QB1. Yes, that is correct. No more Justin Fields. He is now in Chicago in the National Football League. C.J. Stroud, the ball is yours right behind him numerous guys in that running back room that are really really talented from master teague to trevion henderson to mayan williams to 
Marcus Crowley, even Evan Pryor, another true freshman, so much talent back there. CJ Stroud is going to, going to drop back or go back, hand the ball off to them, and let those guys scoot and move and run over defenders all the way to Pater. Oh, all the way to Pater. He can't get to Pater if the big hog mollies up front are not doing their job. The possibility of playing Dewan Jones at right tackle, Paris Johnson Jr. Many people believe on the team he might win the Outland Trophy at some point while he's playing college football to be the best offensive lineman in college football. That's how good this young man might be this season. Harry Miller comes back. Another guy there, Mumford and Nicholas petit Frayer, a very seasoned left side of the line. Another set of the center who is playing a position that he is, he is very comfortable with. Man, a lot of talent, a lot of mass up front. And those guys behind Stroud will be doing their job if the guys in front of Stroud do theirs. Oh, what about the, the skill positions? Wide receiver? Tight end? Are that loaded? Are those positions loaded as well? Jeremy Ruckard might have a, the biggest season of his playing career at Ohio State because Ryan Day is trying to focus on him and get him the ball more than he ever has while Jeremy Ruckard has been a tight end at Ohio State. Then you got... A couple guys that could be first-rounders, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, who might have the best feet on the team. Let that sink in when you got Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Egbuka, Julian Fleming, just to name a few other receivers that you will see throughout the season. But then there's the other side of the ball. The defensive line, Haskell Garrett, Zach Harrison, Tyreek Smith, they're all back. You got a couple true freshmen in Jack Sawyer and JT Tuomolowal. You can tell I've been practicing that name, and your boy got it right. All of these gentlemen are going to try to disrupt not only the rushing game of the opposition, but also the passing game. So not only the quarterback is flustered, the offensive line is flustered, the running back is flustered, and they're all confused about what the defensive line is throwing at him. Now, the guys right behind them might be a little question mark. You lose four guys to the NFL. Three guys were starters. The first guy off the bench who was a captain last year is also in the NFL as well. That's a big question mark. Will it be Tommy Eichenberger? Will it be Cody Seinman? Will it be Dallas Gantt? Who will be there? That is to be determined. However, the gentlemen that are there in the 4-2-5 defense, a new base defense for the Ohio State Buckeyes, I trust Al Washington. I trust Ryan Day to put the right guys on the field in the proper position so they are successful and the defense can be as good as it should be. Defense, secondary, a couple names to remember. Seven Banks, Josh Proctor, Lathan Ransom, Marcus Williamson. Write them down. Put it in your head and make sure at the end of the season you come back to this year preview that Jay is relaying for you so that you remember that these guys on this defense are playing well. And at the beginning of the season, Jay told you, remember them, because this could be a big year for them. Ryan Day has a lot of talent all over the place, and the Ohio State Buckeyes are looking to capitalize on said talent September 2nd, starting September 2nd, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Fox. Gus Johnson, Joe Klatt, Jeannie Taft on the call, and all Buckeye fans will be excited to watch the Buckeyes take the field this season because there's so much talent. This season can be very, very special. Hey, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten, here to tell you a little bit more about Bill Barr, helping you get the show here today. 
Built Bar is the place to go for all of your protein needs. They have more than 15 grams of protein per bar with less than 5 net grams of carbs and 5 grams of sugars as well. It's all the healthy stuff you want without any of that unwanted filler, but great flavor too. Built Bar has 100% chocolate in every single bar, and these things taste outstanding. People are loving the new grasshopper flavor. It's supposed to be a little bit of a play on the mint brownie Girl Scout cookies that people like so much. So you can go and try that or any other flavor out right now at BuiltBar.com and save some money by using our promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So you know these guys are legit. That's Built Bar helping you get the show here today. And we thank you, Built Bar. Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single day. A reminder before we get going again, be sure to follow us on our social media accounts. It's at Locked On Big Ten, Big One Zero, that is, not T-E-N on Twitter. And my personal account, at Nate with Sports, online as well. Of course, wherever you're listening, subscribe, rate five stars. It really does help us out there as well. All right, now let's get back to the action. The team that's favored most to oppose Ohio State right now this season in the Big Ten is Wisconsin on the other side of the division. But we mentioned, if you listen to yesterday's show, we had to cross over one team. We had Indiana in over there with Jacob Rood. You can go listen there if you're wondering why the Hoosiers aren't on this episode. And we also had a Wisconsin preview too. We had Isaiah Hole talking Badgers as well. A little bit of a mix-up communicating on my part. It was really just my bad copying and pasting messages without changing little names on what I wanted for my other hosts, but we have our Wisconsin guys in to talk Wisconsin now too. Asher Lowe and Ben Kenny took some time to sit down behind the microphones and chat about the Badgers for us. So we've got double trouble for Wisconsin Badgers fans. If you're looking for Badger info, you've got twice as much as maybe the allotted time you should have gotten, but hey, it's a good team, so we're going to give them some time. Asher and Ben, of course, always fun to listen to as well. Let's hear in on what they have to say about these Badgers. Asher Lowe and Ben Kenny here from Locked On Badgers previewing Wisconsin football in 2021. The Badgers coming off of a year that was full of COVID disappointments, stops, starts, injuries, COVID-related absences. It was a bit of a topsy-turvy nightmare for a team that has been very consistent for the last decade. But Ben, a lot of hope that Wisconsin bounces back in a massive way and is playing in Indianapolis come late in the season. Yeah, you can look around the Big Ten and everything returning to normal is going to help everybody. But for a Wisconsin team that got COVID last year and missed two weeks, saw most of their offensive skill positions go down with injury, couldn't find a consistent run game, and had their quarterback replace a starter who had gotten hurt before the season, everything being normal is going to help this team immensely. And I mentioned it, but it'll all come down to the quarterback, Graham Mertz, how he performs after getting experience last year, showing promise, and then struggling, battling an injury throughout the second half of the season. I predict a big bounce back and a big step forward, but most of their success will hinge on how he plays. Seven touchdowns, no picks for Mertz over the first two games last year. Wisconsin went 2-0. and The last five, one, two, three, four, five interceptions, Ben, just two touchdowns thrown, and Wisconsin went 2-3 and three over those final five games, including a Dukes Mayo Bowl win, and a broken trophy against Wake Forest. But Wisconsin returns a lot, almost everything, honestly, from last year's offense. Jalen Berger, 
is back at running back. Chesma Lucy comes in, a Clemson transfer. Wisconsin returns Jake Ferguson, their leading receiver last year who plays tight end, is a great blocker. And they also return their starting receiver duo, seniors in Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor, an offensive line that has a lot of experience, a lot to look forward to on that side of the ball, Ben, with a unit that struggled a year ago. Yeah, and my spotlight will be on the running back because the the team, when they couldn't run the ball last year, which was a majority of the season, they just couldn't win games. When they were running the ball, as they usually are good at doing, they were winning. So Berger and Malusi are really going to define how this offense runs. I'm really excited to watch Malusi, him getting actual snaps after backing up ETN at Clemson. But the, the running game could go far to determine how Mertz plays and how he adjusts and how the team does overall. But, but you look over at defense, if we're going to highlight a couple people, I've called them the best linebacker tandem in the Big Ten, but Jack Sanborn, Leo Chanel, bar none, and I don't even think this is a hot take, the best inside linebacker combo in the conference. They are the best combo in the conference. Couldn't agree more there. The secondary, a little bit more inconsistency in terms of what you're going to get. Caesar Williams and Fayon Hicks, likely the starting corner duo. They have both had their ups and downs at Wisconsin. The Badgers lose Eric Burrell to the NFL, probably one of their biggest losses on either side of the ball. Coming into this year, you get Scott Nelson and Colin Wilder, the starting safety duo. And then up front, Ben, Keanu Benton will be huge as a junior, has to have a breakout year on that defensive line. But the rest of the defense looking to be solid under Jim Leonard, who is always one of the best defensive coordinators in college football. And despite the rumors, he's coming back to Madison. It was a and much to our delight. It was a great defense last season that returns almost all of their talent and they get some young talent coming in as well. So that'll be another great defense in Madison, especially with a step forward for Keanu Benton in the nose tackle position. Then you look at the schedule and we've talked at length about it. It is manageable as all heck. You avoid Ohio State. You get almost every tough game at home. I, this is just a season that lines up to be a really successful one for Wisconsin. Penn State at home to start it all Saturday, September 4th at 11, of course it's 11 a.m., 11 a.m. Central kickoff in Madison. Camp Randall will be buzzing. The guys are back. The fans are back. We can't wait. Wisconsin football looking to bounce back from a tough year last year and a lot of reasons why they can do that. Thanks again to Locked On Badgers guys for joining us to talk a little bit of Wisconsin football. They're never shy about doing that. We'll continue on now with Kevin McGuire of Penn State, the Locked On Nittany Alliance host, came on a little while ago to talk about Penn State as part of our team previews, and we have clips of that conversation where he breaks down this team on offense and defense. So let's hear in on again some of the things Kevin had to say. Again, it might be a little choppy, his words, but again, I did clip a couple of different times in the podcast where he really just did a nice little overall job highlighting things. So here's that conversation with Kevin now. Can Penn State rely on Sean Clifford to be a consistent and efficient quarterback from start to finish? Because that's been a little bit of a hurdle, especially last season. And that to me is the biggest question mark because Penn State did not get a chance to add any experience and depth at the quarterback position. In fact, they actually lost it. Uh, Their backup, Will Levis, is now the starting quarterback at Kentucky. Uh, So that is a big question mark. It's going to be a Sean Clifford or bust kind of a season for Penn State's offense. So how much do you, how much faith do you have that Sean Clifford is going to be able to be consistent and efficient week to week, series to series? I think that's the biggest question for Penn State this year. Honestly, I feel like there's a good level of confidence. And the reason I say that is because you've 
while Sean Clifford has had his ups and downs, you're getting a third-year starting quarterback in college football. You give me a third-year starting quarterback, I don't care what has happened in the previous years, I'm going to take that just about every time because I do think that that is a position where I can rely on experience. And even though this will be his third offensive coordinator, this is a Mike Yersich coming in, uh, kind of uh, trying to get the offense back up to speed with what they're more comfortable doing. I think that's actually going to benefit him very well because, first of all, he got a full spring in with his offense coordinator slash quarterbacks coach and Mike Yersich. I think that helps put him on the, the pace to be a little bit ahead of the curve for where they were a year ago. And I just feel as though... Uh, what Sean Clifford went through with his ups and downs last year. I think he did mature from that a little bit. He he got benched in the middle of the season. He ended up coming back and finishing off the season as starting quarterback. But I think that that was kind of a, I guess, an eye-opening kind of experience or a real-life experience that he really kind of uh, took to heart. And I think he actually benefited from that experience as well. So I think there's a lot of maturity in Sean Clifford. There's certainly no lack of confidence in him uh, individually. And I feel as though getting a chance to work with the kind of people he'll have around him on the offense. I think that actually puts Penn State in a very good position to have a really fun offense. Sean Clifford, though, does need to prove it, though. Kind of like what I said in the last segment where Penn State has to prove it uh, to the in these national rankings. It's going to start with Sean Clifford because if Sean Clifford is off his game, then Penn State has some problems with their offense because there's not a lot of experience. There's hardly any experience behind him. So they're going to have to kind of ride with him even through the tough times if there are any. Yeah, the strength for this Penn State defense and probably the the strongest unit on this whole roster is going to be in your secondary. But the defensive line, I think, is going to have the biggest uh, question marks going into the year because they are the position unit that's going to replace the most players, which brings the most questions going into this new season. They do have some transfer players, uh, some good quality transfer players that they added through the transfer portal. But again, you know, how quickly does that defensive line get in rhythm? I think that Penn State has put together a pretty good track record of developing defensive linemen. So it's not necessarily a big concern for me, but when I look at the offensive lines that they're going to be going up against this year, Wisconsin, uh, Iowa, Ohio state, I even think that Auburn's got a pretty good offensive line. Michigan usually has some big guys too. So uh, Indiana as well, there are a lot of good offensive lines that this defensive line is going to have to create some pressure. So where does that pressure come from? That's the biggest question mark going in. They already have one player that's going to be out for the year in Adisa Isaac, one of the rising pl younger players. Uh, doesn't look like he's going to play this year. So uh, that's unfortunate. So they're kind of uh, trying to figure out exactly what they're going to do at one of the defensive end positions. You know, again, I, I feel like defensive line, you can pretty much have pretty good faith that Penn State's going to figure it out, but they need to figure it out very quickly. Again, because that does a very good quality opponent coming up in Wisconsin who's going to look forward to running the football all down you if you don't have it figured out. Hey, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten. BetOnline.ag is the place to go for any of your online sportsbook needs. The baseball season is back underway. The NBA Finals are wrapping up. And, of course, I know you're already looking at some of those football futures for the fall as well. Whatever your need may be, as far as sports betting goes, betonline.ag can help you make your money. Head on over to betonline.ag right now for all the best lines, all the news you need to make sure you're up to date before you put those bets in, and we'll get you some free money to start out with, too. If you go to betonline.ag right now and use our promo code LOCKED, on, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 50% on top of whatever you put into your account that first time you put money in, just add it on for free. Thanks to the people over at Bet Online. It's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. 
Nate Dickinson back in here with Locked On Big Ten. Before we wrap up the program today, a reminder, we will have a bonus episode coming out tomorrow morning previewing Nebraska-Illinois, the first Big Ten football game of the college football season, one of the first college football games of the season, period. And we're going to have a full preview for you. I might send a message out even here now. Just see who else in the Locked On Network might be wanting to join for that conversation. We'll see about all that, but we will have content for you previewing that game tomorrow morning. We weren't just going to end the week without that happening. And we'll also have previews of the two teams we have not gotten to yet here, Purdue and Rutgers as well. So tune back in for another episode tomorrow morning. We'll have it for you right here wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube as well. Right now, let's get back to our previews, though. We'll go back to more clips from some of our earlier team previews, this time with Isaiah Hole. Isaiah knows everything about Michigan football. We asked him everything about it, and I condensed down some of what he had to say here for our program now. Let's throw it over to Isaiah and our conversation we had a while back here on Locked On Big Ten. Obviously, it's quarterback. I mean, sure, sure. that's that's where Michigan had failed miserably last year. Joe Milton looked incredible to start out the year. Uh, and then he started to regress as games went on. Uh, Cade McNamara gave Michigan a spark and is the reason why they didn't lose against Rutgers. Uh, so I, I think that that's the the big thing is you need a quarterback, at least above average quarterback play. And as much as people want to in Ann Arbor and around Metro Detroit want to act like some of the guys who've come through Ann Arbor haven't been that good, like Shea Patterson, Wilton Spate. Uh, honestly, those guys were still gamers. They still got a lot of wins. Uh, they need at least that level of quarterback play in order to be able to to be able to rebound in any fashion. Because if you go out there and you have nobody, uh, pretty much like it looks for a little bit of last year, you're going to find yourself uh, struggling to even make a bowl game. So they they absolutely need a quarterback to step up, and I think that they'll have one because I mean they they've got a pretty good stable right now between Kate McNamara, Alan Bowman, and former five star JJ McCarthy. How much better can this Michigan defense get this year? Significantly. And there's multiple reasons why. And anyone who's listened to me on the Lockdown Wolverines podcast has heard for over a year and a half, uh, probably even a little bit longer that, uh, and this is not something I wanted to put in writing, uh, but Don Brown's defense had, was, had gotten insanely predictable, particularly the play calling. Uh, there are reasons behind that. I won't get into them here. You, you can scour the Lockdown Wolverines archives to, to figure out where, where it is. Uh, but uh, it was extremely predictable, and you could really see that this past year. Uh, because in previous years, I mean, that's one of the big reasons I was told from some behind-the-scenes sources that Ohio State, like in 2018 particularly, after Michigan's defense was ravaging everybody, looking like the best defense in the country, then they go up against Ohio State and just got shredded. It, 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 why is that? Well, part of it is because Ohio State knew what was coming and have the athletes to really, really damage uh, a defense, especially if they have a pretty good idea of where the defenders are going to be. Now you have a situation now that he's gone, because uh, like I said last year, if you knew that was what was happening, you could sit there and watch and you could see just about every team, not every team, but just about every team had a pretty good beat on what the defense was going to do. Now you've got still a lot of those really good players. Bruce Feldman just talked about uh, Aiden Hutchinson on the Pro Football Focus podcast of being an All-American type guy, uh, but they're going to move him around a lot. Mike McDonald comes from the Ravens, who's got one of the best defenses uh, in the nation at any level and has for 
you know, very, very long time. He's going to move these guys around. He's going to keep offenses on their toes. That's one of the great things we heard about the from the offensive guys uh, yesterday. Uh, and when we had our press conference was, hey, we don't we don't know what's coming from the defense. We have to actually game plan for our ball camp, whereas before, you know, we kind of knew what, what we were going to be seeing and what to expect. But you never know where guys are going to be and what they're going to be doing, because Mike McDonald's whole philosophy is to keep an offense off kilter, not just off kilter in the sense of we're going to have our defensive ends. They're going to be able to get around the, your offensive tackles and be able to get pressure. It, it's a little bit different. It, it's a they're still going to do that. But they're, what they're also going to do is just constantly change the the formations constantly change where different guys are on the field and really keep offenses guessing. You see a lot of mixes between man and zone coverage. And a, a lot of those guys that we saw last year were unheralded. They were guys who were getting really their first taste of being on defense. It looked really good for one game again in against Minnesota. Uh, but it still had, a, there was still a lot of question marks coming out of that game, but it still looked pretty good against what was expected to be a prolific offense. Uh, and then it kind of fell off. So now at least you have unpredictability plus talent. Yes, that talent is untapped, but at the same time, it, it we act a lot of people nationally act like this is a defense that's just full of two and a half, three star type talent. No, it's still four star talent. They have two five stars on defense that'll be starting. Uh, and that doesn't even include a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, who's pretty much a lock to be a first round draft pick. Uh, there's certainly questions in the secondary. Uh, but I, I'm not that – I feel better about the secondary than I think a lot of people because you've got two returning safeties. One of them is a five-star. Uh, he had one guy that, <coughs> excuse me, ended up being um, pretty good by the end of the year in Jamon Green. And so I think the question is more so how are those linebackers going to fare? You're dropping the defensive ends out to the outside. They're outside linebackers now. And so you really have to worry about Josh Ross and uh, Michael Barrett. We'll see how they do. That was Isaiah Hull with a recap on everything that you can preview, I guess not a recap then, of Michigan football coming up this season. Last but not least ever before we end the show, Matt Sheehan of Locked On Spartans has of course given us more and more on what you need to know about Michigan State going into the season. Not a team with a lot of expectations, but Matt has of course, as always, some hot takes on what Michigan State can do this football season. We'll wrap up the show here with Matt. A reminder, come back tomorrow for that Nebraska-Illinois preview right here on the show. Bonus episode on a Saturday. And of course, Every single weekday, everything you need to know about the Big Ten here on wherever you get your podcasts at Locked On Big Ten, Locked On Big One Zero on Twitter, and my personal Twitter's at Nate with Sports. Be sure to give me a follow over there too. All right, let's send it over to Matt, and then we're in for the weekend. I'll see you again Monday. This is Nate Dickinson with Locked On Big Ten. Matt Sheehan checking in from Locked On Spartans. That's right, the same Spartans that only won two games last year. You might be confused by the chipper tone in my voice because I, I don't know if it's just the August preseason uh, hype that hits every single fall without fail or that we actually have reason to think we're going to do okay this year. I say okay because, hey, listen, I'm looking at 7-5 and five and the Tax Slayer Bowl as if it's a Big Ten championship berth and a trip to Pasadena because Mel Tucker took over and he had a lot of work to do. Later years of the D'Antonio era were not the greatest. Uh, and that's emphasized by Mel Tucker coming in, coaching one year, and then sending 26 kids to the transfer portal. 26 kids, get out of here. 
no use for you in East Lansing. In return, he brings in 19 transfers as well that could have a big impact this year. Let's start talking about those guys right now. We'll, we'll start in the trenches because, hey, it's a Big Ten show. We've got to start at the offensive line. One of the biggest transfers that he landed was Jarrett Horst out of Arkansas State. He is going to be one of the best linemen in the conference, starting at left tackle, protecting someone's blind spot. Whose blind spot? I have no idea. It could be Anthony Russo, the transfer from Temple. It could be Peyton Thorne, a guy who's been in the program for two years, now looking to get the starting position in his redshirt sophomore year. We might not know who the starter is until definitely the Northwestern game, and maybe it bleeds a few weeks into the season. But regardless, they got a talented stable of running backs behind them, starting off with you guessed it, transfer, Kenneth Walker, and also Eli Collins and Jordan Simmons, who are going to be heavily in the mix as well. And come on, the receivers, again, this might be me just sounding like a homer, but I truly believe it. Jaden Reed and Jalen Naylor, two wideouts that are going to be amongst the cream of the crop in the Big Ten. Let's switch to the defense, shall we? Oh, well, what was he going to talk about next? Let me guess, another transfer? Oh, <laughs> yeah, you're spot on, actually. Yeah, Quaveras Crouch has come in from Tennessee, former top 60 recruit. He's going to be anchoring the linebacker position in MSU's 4-2 look that they run. Who's going to be next to him? It might be Noah Harvey. It might be another transfer in Ben Van Summeren. But whoever is the two linebackers are going to be behind a very talented 4 defensive lineman. We got Panashuk, Slade. We got... Uh, Jalen Hunt, excuse me, I almost forgot that. And also we got uh, some solid transfers in the defensive back field as well. We got uh, Harold, sorry, Ronald Williams from Alabama, Chester Kimber from Florida. Sure, they were, you know, fringe starters, mostly buried in the two deep at Alabama and Florida. But you know what? If you're the two deep in Alabama, hmm, you could be a starter in East Lansing. So, yeah, Ronald Williams is definitely going to be an awesome cornerback to watch. And that's not to say that returning guys like Kalon Gerving, Xavier Henderson, and Angelo Gross will be, you know, nothing. Because they are talented as well. So we're feeling, guys, we're feeling okay this year. I know Vegas has the over-under at four and a half wins right now for Michigan State. But I, if they don't make a bowl, I, I think it would be a little disappointing. And I say that as well because the, the schedule does line up okay for Michigan State to start the season. Yes, they do open up against Northwestern, but that's Northwestern team. That's replacing a lot of talent. Then they play Youngstown. Okay, then they go to Miami. That, that might not be as fun. You also have Rutgers, you have Nebraska, and you have Western Kentucky also filling out those first six games. So, yeah, there's some chemistry that has to be worked out amongst these 19 transfers, a new quarterback, an offensive line that's finally going to be healthy for the first time in 15 years seemingly. But, you know, with that start to the season – that's that's an okay slate to crack open your season against before you go really into the gauntlet that is the Big Ten East. So, hey, surely my dreams won't be dashed here uh, throughout the season because when does that ever happen? But right now, hey, vibes are great. Vibes are awesome. Go green, baby.